Welcome to the sermon podcast of Midway Christian Church. We're a Disciples of Christ congregation located in Midway, Kentucky. You're always welcome to join us in person or follow us on Facebook or YouTube. Our scripture this morning comes from the book of Acts, chapter 21, verses 1 through 14. And I invite you to follow along. When we had parted from them and set sail, we came by a straight course to Kos, then the next day to Rhodes, and from there to Patera. When we found a ship bound for Phoenicia, we set up, went on board and set sail. We came in sight of Cyprus, and leaving it on our left, we sailed to Syria and then landed in Tyre, because the ship was to unload its cargo there. We looked up the disciples and stayed there for seven days. Through the Spirit, they told Paul not to go on to Jerusalem. When our days there were ended, we left and proceeded on our journey, and all of them, with wives and children, escorted us outside the city. There we knelt down on the beach and prayed and said farewell to one another. Then we went on board the ship, and they returned home. When we had finished the voyage from Tyre, we arrived at Ptolemy and greeted the brothers and sisters and stayed with them for one day. Then one, the next day we left and came to Caesarea and went on to the house of Philip the evangelist, one of the seven, and stayed with him. He had four unmarried daughters who had the gift of prophecy. While we were staying there for several days, a prophet named Agabus came down from Judea. He came to us and took Paul's belt, bound his own feet and hands with it, and said, Thus says the Spirit, This is the way the Jews in Jerusalem will bind the man who owns this belt and will hand him over to the Gentiles. When we heard this, we and the people there urged him not to go up to Jerusalem. Then Paul answered, What are you doing, weeping and breaking my heart? For I am ready not only to be bound, but even to die in Jerusalem for the name of the Lord Jesus. Since he would not be persuaded, we remain silent except to say, the Lord's will be done. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. This morning we hear a little bit more about Paul's journey. And as we shared before, this has not been, nor will it be, an easy journey for Paul. It's not an easy journey, not only because Paul doesn't have Siri or Google Maps or Waze, whatever directions we use, but it's what he's encountered along that way that has also made his journey not easy. He has been jailed, he's been questioned, he's been doubted, he's been disrespected, but every single step of the way, he continues. He keeps moving forward. As we talked about last week, this takes perseverance, but it also takes courage. This courage of heart and mind to continue the journey no matter what. As we're reading these texts, we realize that Paul at any point along the way could have stepped away, could have given up, could have said, this call to share the good news is not worth it. He could have ignored it and gone back to the way he used to be, the way he used to know, all before his life was changed, before encountering Jesus Christ. We even read that today, that as he was awaiting this news from Jerusalem, the disciples come to him and say, do not go. They warn him to go another way, to find a different way. Paul tells them, what are you doing weeping and breaking my heart? 
For I am not only bound, but I'm not only to be bound, but even ready to die in Jerusalem for the name of Jesus Christ. As I reflected on these words from Paul this past week, I kept coming back to the why behind his statement. I realized that Paul shares these words with his disciples that day, not because Paul is glutton for punishment. Paul shares these words with the disciples. He keeps going along this journey, sharing God's word, because Paul ultimately knows how the story will end. Paul knows that love and light will always have the last word. Paul knows that the kingdom of God will not succumb to the powers that be. Paul knows that God is still at work in this world and that he is being invited to join in that work as a partner in service. You see, Paul is not the same person we met at the beginning of Acts. When we first met Paul, he had a different name, he had a different purpose, he had a different understanding of who God was, who Jesus was. At the beginning of all of this, Paul was a different person. Then things changed, Paul changed. He was changed by the power of that good news and he cannot go back to the way things used to be. In this transformation, Paul's eyes were open, his mind was open, his heart was open to what God is doing in this world, bringing about healing and wholeness for all of God's people. And in that transformation, Paul also realizes just how dangerous this message of good news, how dangerous this message of God's kingdom coming to fruition here on earth really is for the believers. Because Paul realizes that the powers that be in this world will not let this message go unchecked. They will try to stop it at every single turn using every trick of the book to make that message be silent. After all, look at what they did to Jesus when he was talking about love and grace. Look at what they did to Jesus when he talked about the kingdom of God coming to fruition here on earth. Not only that, but let's look at Paul's story, his beginning. Look at what Paul did at that moment when Stephen was stoned. Paul is standing right there holding the coats guarding the coats as the crowd is stoning Stephen. This is quickly followed up in chapter 8 by these words that that day of severe persecution began against the church in Jerusalem and all except the apostles were scattered throughout the countryside. Devout men buried Stephen and made loud lamentation over him. But Saul, we know him better as Paul, but Saul was ravaging the church by entering in house by house, dragging off both men and women. He committed them to prison. Paul, among all the apostles, knows just how dangerous this gospel message really is. And if it really gets into the hearts and minds of the people, the world might be changed. Things might be different. 
Justice may reign, grace may be the power that guides all of our lives. And Paul knows that this world, that the powers that be, cannot let that happen. Because once after all, Paul was a part of those powers that be that tried to stop that gospel message from spreading and sharing with all. Now, please hear me say, I'm not advocating that each and every one of us goes out and be martyred by our faith. Our numbers are low enough as it is. What I am advocating and what I'm asking all of us to consider is why do us, why do we as people of faith expect the powers that be to treat us any differently than how they treated Jesus and any other saints of the church when we speak up, when we speak out for justice, when we speak up and speak out for the forgotten, when we work to dismantle the oppressive systems in this world? Why do we expect special treatment, that white glove treatment, to not touch us as it touched our Savior, Jesus Christ? Not once in our story are we told that being a person of God, being a person of faith would be easy. We are not told that it would be comfortable. We are not told that we would never, ever experience difficulties. What we are told is that God is with us. God is with us, renewing us, encouraging us, that God will empower us, that God will strengthen us, that God will transform us into the people this world needs us to be. People of love, people of hope, people of welcome, people of acceptance, people who know that this world will not have the last word. Or in the words of one of my favorite spiritual gods, Brene Brown, she says the root word of courage is core, the Latin word for heart. In one of its earliest forms, the world courage had a very different definition than it does today. Courage originally meant to speak one's mind by telling all one's heart. Over time, this definition has changed, and today courage is more synonymous with being heroic. Heroics are important and we need certainly need heroes, but she says, I think we've lost touch with the idea about speaking honestly and openly about who we are and what we're feeling and to name our experiences good and bad. That's the very definition of courage. For me, I would add, as people of faith, when we speak openly and honestly about who we are, whose we are, and what we are called to do to bring justice, to love kindness, to walk humbly with our God. When we speak openly, passionately about that with everyone we encounter, that too is the definition of courage for us as people of faith. This week, as I reflected on Paul's words, the ones that he gave the disciples when they warned him to not go to go Jerusalem, those words that they offered him to try to turn him from his path, those words that said, I am ready to die for the Lord Jesus Christ. When I have reflected on those words, I realized that Paul's words are holding me accountable. They are holding me accountable in my faith, and they are forcing me to reflect, to name all those times when I chose comfort 
over conviction. When to wonder about all those times, how they would be different if I had just had the courage to speak up rather than to remain silent. As I have reflected on Paul's response to the disciples that day, I've realized that I have tamed the gospel to fit my wants, my wants, and made it easy for me rather than inviting it to open my heart and mind, rather than allowing it to challenge me to become the person this world needs me to be. I'm not going to stand up here and pretend that I have all the answers, nor am I going to stand up here and pretend that I get it right every single time when it comes to my faith and discipleship. But what I am going to do is to name that, unfortunately, as people of faith, we know what awaits us on this journey, this journey that we go about sharing this good news with all the people we encounter. What awaits us are people who have turned away from the good news, from that grace of the gospel, because the world has, the world has offered them a very easy and comfortable way out. What awaits us is a culture that does not hold the church or any organized religion in high regard. And I would say a lot of that is our own fault. As people of faith, we know what awaits us on this journey that we are called to embark on to share the good news. What awaits us is a reality that is constantly changing, a reality that is asking us, challenging us as people of faith to name why we are even relevant anymore in this day and age. So I would say to all those that await us, expecting us to fail, to all those things that are hoping we would not succeed in the work of bringing about God's kingdom here on earth, I simply offer this reply. We have courage, we have strength, and we will overcome because we know how the story ends. Love and light will always have the last word. May it be so. Amen. We hope you enjoyed this sermon podcast of the Midway Christian Church. If you'd like to learn more about our congregation, please go to our website at midwaychristian.org.